Hello and welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kochanov, and the Tooch is in the Garden household today, and I cannot wait to talk about this episode, y'all. It's the most Barefoot Contessa-y thing that's ever happened in the Barefoot Contessa universe, that being, of course, Stanley Tucci being on the the show Be My Guest, which is, you know, I, I guess it's like her, the newest iteration of the Barefoot Contessa. There's three seasons out already, and I think they probably have only like four or five episodes each season with some great guests. We got Nathan Lane, Juliana Margulies, Laura Linney, uh, a whole bunch of other great people. So it's it's an interesting format too because not only do they cook too, it's a little bit of like a Q&A and some really, I don't know, some great insight into some of these celebrities' lives through the lens of like how much they love Ina Garten as, at the same time, too. I feel like anyone would kill to be in this position, too. And this episode with Stanley Tucci, I mean, I've had my eye on it ever since I knew he was going to be a guest. And um, actually, it was Keon that I was talking with this morning that... Because Ina mentions in this episode, too, that she's never met Stanley. She's only, like, she's only Zoomed with him. So I was like, well, I wonder what that's about. But I, I, if we recall, I think this is during the pandemic, too, or maybe, like, maybe 2021 or something like that that there was like a special Stanley Tucci, Ina Garten Q&A sort of extravaganza where they just like had an interview. I don't know if it was the two of them or if there was a moderator or if he interviewed her. I didn't watch it. I know you had to like, maybe I was busy. I don't know. Maybe I just missed it. But this certainly makes up for it, this entire episode. But more on that in just a moment. How is everyone? I don't think I've seen you in two weeks or uh, not seen you, but I haven't spoken to you, you know? Um, But I'm here today for a supersized episode of, I almost said Stanley Tucci and Ina Garten. I mean, I wish he was a permanent guest. I wish he was, you know, the new TR or, you know, hanging out at Michael's uh, floral shop, you know? I am trying to think of anything. Today, we had to take our Lucy to uh, get surgery on her back left knee, um, Lucy is our dog, in case any listeners are new to the pod. Um, so send good vibes and prayers and thoughts our way because we're certainly going to need it uh, when it comes to the recovery stage because she really can't move or do anything. She can move, but we kind of have to keep her isolated in one room of the house. So we're choosing the kitchen. That way she has access to, you know, go outside because she can obviously go outside and pee and poo. But she really can't jump on the couch. She can't play. She can't do stairs. She really can't do much of anything, which is really hard because she is, she's still a pup. You know, she's just over a year old, so she doesn't really understand what all this means. So uh, it's going to be an adventure. I'll tell you that much. So send us all those, uh, you know, all the good vibes, uh, Kiana, myself, because we're certainly going to need them <laughs> as we as we go through this. Uh, I think the, I don't know if I said this already, but it's it's two months of that, uh, which is a long time. I think it'll fly by, but also I, I'm, I'm nervous that it's just going to be a lot. So huh, that's kind of the big news lately. I mean, we've been preparing for that. She's in surgery as we speak. I'm waiting for the call for um, just to, you know, give us a thumbs up that everything went well. Um, essentially, her like she has a luxating patella. So her kneecap keeps coming in and out of like going in and out of the socket, which is 
which is a lot. Um, she's been limping a little bit for a while, but then she was okay, and then she'd limp again. And it, it all adds up because, you know, her if her kneecap was where it's supposed to be, she's fine, and she's running around the house, and at other times she'd be limping. So I'm glad that we have it uh, under control. I'm glad she's getting the care, and I'm also glad that I have pet insurance because, good Lord, the vet bill is astronomical. Um and anyone who has pets, I'm sure, is, you know, <laughs> knows that. If you know, you know. Um, but I'm I'm really glad that I got it. I think I got it last year in, like, November or December, just in case. I was like, let me just try this out for the first year just to make sure that we're covered. And it is. So uh, God bless True Panion, who is our pet insurance provider. <sighs> yeah, but other than that, ooh, I wanted to give a shout out to Trina and Clarissa, who both left me some love in the form of an Apple podcast review. Trina said that uh, in her review that this is her new Sunday ritual. It's to listen to an episode of Good Vanilla with maybe a cup of coffee or wine. That sounds fabulous. And I know, Clarissa, I think you commented that you found the podcast through Ben Mandelker from Watch What Crappens. He was a former guest. And if you're not listening to Watch What Crappens, if you are a Bravo gal or guy, um, good lord get over there because they are you know they're like in the top 10 of uh apple podcasts and just any podcast so go give them a listen so happy to have you clarissa and trina thank you so much for leaving reviews it's always nice to know <laughs> that people are out there i mean i can see the numbers i know how many people are listening but um it's always nice to see you know to hear you know how you listen to the pod or what you're enjoying it's it's very lovely so if anyone else wants to leave an apple podcast review by all means go for it you can even just hit those five stars you don't even have to type anything uh but I, and i will certainly feel that love so thank you um again to trina and clarissa and i think that's all i have so i mean this is going to be a long episode longer than usual because this is a 42 minute episode on discovery plus which meant probably means that it was like an hour when it aired so let's get into this season three episode two of be my guest and it is simply titled stanley tucci appropriately enough all right so ina begins i'm ina garden i love to invite interesting people to my house for good food great conversation and lots of fun my friend stanley tucci the amazing award-winning actor writer director and tv host is joining me for a wonderful day at the barn then we get a shot of like Stanley in his car, like it's sort of like him on his cell phone recording. And he says, Ina has invited me to come over and cook with her, which is like kind of a dream that I once had. And now it's coming true. I can't wait. I'm very excited. We're going to make a cocktail and we're going to cook. And now we're back to Ina. Stanley is mixing. Oh, yeah. Stanley is mixing me my first ever martini. And I'm making him Easy Oysters Rockefeller to celebrate. We're talking love, life his glittering career, the best of times, and the worst of times. Then we're heading back to the kitchen to make Stanley's amazing Tuscan fish stew. We're cooking, sharing confidences, and heading to the beach. Then at the end, Ina says, be my guest, <laughs> with a little flourish. Um, I don't know if I'd like, was a typo? We're cooking, sharing confidences? Is that a phrase? Is that like a turn of phrase? sharing secrets maybe does that is that what that translates to i don't know um either way this is all to say oh wait there's more oh my gosh i left off the end of this so ina says um be my guest and then stanley says essere mio ospite 
And Ina says, which means uh, be my guest in Italian. And Ina's like standing next to him and she's like, oh, it sounds so much better in Italian. Maybe I'll change the name of the show. And then they both throw their heads back and laughed. <laughs> um, so that is the intro. Oh my goodness. I can't wait to talk about this episode. Okay. So Ina is in the kitchen now. And she said she's known Stanley for a couple of years, but that they've only talked on Zoom. So I guess that goes back to what I was saying earlier about that sort of that that pandemic interview that I've never seen. But maybe it's like somewhere on YouTube. Who knows? So she is heating up some butter on the stove. And she tells us that when Stanley arrives, that he's making a martini. And Ina says that she's never had a martini. And, so, and then she says, so I'm kind of scared. But. I swear she has, right? I mean, she's made so many cocktails over the year that it's it just baffles me that we've never seen a martini or even anything like that resembles a martini. I feel like she's always doing stuff with vodka. So this came as a shock to me. But um, what she is making or what she's starting here is the Oysters Rockefeller. And um, oysters are like, I don't want to say hit or miss. I rarely have them to begin with. I don't mind them. I know that they're not everyone's cup of tea. I think I could probably have about six of them before I start to, you know, reach my limit. Like I like a little bit of like a squeeze of lemon. Um, I, what else do you put on them? Is that the one where you put like maybe a little bit of um, cocktail sauce? Am I making that up? I don't know. Clearly, I'm not an oyster aficionado, but... Um, this recipe actually sounds delicious though because the oysters are cooked a little bit so I'll, I'll just i'll just shut up and get get into it so she adds some shallots to the melted butter on the stove and add some salt and pepper and then she adds a bit of pernod which is like a licorice liqueur i don't know if i love that i don't really love licorice flavor but i trust it i'm sure it's not too overwhelming and uh, while that cooks up, Ina says, let me tell you about Stanley. And there's this kind of like montage of him when he's younger. I mean, folks, young Stanley Tucci, I mean, old, st any stage Stanley Tucci is he's just such a fox because I just feel he has that sort of like quiet, sort of confident mystique about him. You know what I mean? I don't doubt that he can be overly flamboyant and like really like cut a rug as they say but I do like that he is a little bit more reserved and stoic and has that bit of um mystery about him so I think that's that's and he's just like very attractive in general too and I know I mean obviously I'm a bald man so I I look up to him in so many ways I feel like um uh, he's so stylish and so cool and I mean, I really, at least as far as my glasses are concerned, too, I think he has thicker frames than I do at this point. But um, I, I love that like circle look on bald men, too, with like those circle frames, I'm saying. So, so much so that I actually have them. But anyway, more about Stanley. He grew up in New Jersey. He majored in acting in college at SUNY Purchase. He's a father of five, which is crazy. Um, he lost his first wife to cancer, and he also faced his own fight uh, with throat cancer, which I did not know. And he is uh, now married to Emily Blunt's sister, Felicity, which when I found that out, like rocked my world because like that is the ultimate Thanksgiving of like Stanley Tucci, Emily Blunt's sister. You know, he's married to Emily Blunt's sister, Felicity, but then Emily Blunt's going to be there. And so is John Krasinski. Ugh, I want to go. I need to go to that holiday. That's that's what I need. But um, that's like kind of the end of that montage. So we're back in the kitchen. 
Ina adds in some creamed spinach that was frozen and defrosted into the shallots and butter and the pernod. Um, and then we get a shot of Stanley and again in the car. He's very excited. And we flash back to Ina. Uh, and Ina spoons in the filling of, you know, the shallots and the creamed spinach and everything into the oysters or on top of them, rather. And then she sprinkles some Parmesan cheese and grated Gruyere on top of them. So that's, I mean, what's not to love about that? So she puts them in the oven at 450 for six to eight minutes. So I kind of like that they're cooked because raw oysters, again, I kind of just hit a wall when I'm like, I don't know if I could do any more of these because I start thinking about what I'm eating and how gross and I get it. If you don't like oysters, like I think no one's going to blame you for that because it's kind of like <laughs> just like snot rocks. You know what I mean? Um, but they're they're nice. Um so anyway, Stanley pulls up uh, in the front of Ina's house just as she is finishing up the oysters. And he makes a joke because he's walking through like her garden and it's like gorgeous, of course. And he's like, well, I thought I was going to be I thought it was going to be a little bit nicer than this. Oh, well, we'll make do. And he's sort of like, I don't know if he looks at the camera, but in my mind he does and like gives a wink. And then I just passed out. Um, but it's it's funny. He's so... Um, sort of effortless and charming with his banter with Ina too because as we know Ina can sometimes not go off the rails but like he he volleys back very well with her and just is I don't know he just is a good conversationalist so so here we go they finally um you know I don't know if they they meet in the kitchen I didn't write that down I don't know why or maybe outside I don't know but they hug and now it's martini time. So Ina confesses again to Stanley that she she doesn't or she's never had a martini, which I think is crazy because this is a gin martini, which I will say I've never had a gin martini because I'm afraid of it. I would probably I would want I should just bite the bullet and do it. And I know that I've talked about it before on on this podcast, probably. But I, I much prefer like a, a definitely a vodka, a dirty vodka martini with like extra olives. Um but no blue cheese olives, folks. No, none of that. Um, so to make this martini, he uses three quarters of an ounce of white vermouth, which I don't know what that means, like what the difference between that and regular vermouth. But um, uh, that there's that. And Ina asks him uh, if he remembers the first time that he had a martini. And then Ina says, is it like sex? You remember the first time and who you had it with? And then she like elbows him in the ribs and she's like, ba, 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 ba. And, uh, you know, I feel like she's flirting with him a little bit. Uh, you know, I was even blushing over here. Uh, and he says his first martini that he remembers was at Cafe Luxembourg or Luxembourg in the Upper West Side in New York. And I feel like there, were more, there was more detail to that. I feel like Ina knew what that place was. And, you know, there's a little story about him, like saving all his pennies just to go and have a martini. I think there was something about hard boiled eggs that he mentioned um, I would love that. I wish they still had hard boiled eggs at the bar. That would be like the best. I don't, I can't remember the last time I was at a bar where there were like peanuts and something to sort of munch on, but I, I guess like in a post COVID world, that's not really an option. Right. But I would, I'd be so into the, the hard boiled eggs or like pickles or something. Yes. Or just olives in general, anything sort of briny and salty or crunchy would be great. So anyway, um, he adds two ounces of gin into a beaker with ice in it. And he, of course, doubles um, the amount because it's for Ina and him. He gives that a stir. And Ina grabs two frosted martini glasses from the freezer. 
And then she sets them on the counter, uh, and then Stanley pours out the... I was going to say the liquid. He pours them out into the martini glasses and then adds some lemon zest around the rim. He, uh, It's kind of like he peeled like just like a little ribbon of lemon zest and he just kind of wipes it around the rim, if that makes sense. And then he put an olive in it as well, too. So I don't know how I feel about olives and gin, folks. I feel like that is... Uh, those flavor profiles just don't seem to work for me. Would I try it? Yes. Um, but I don't know. On paper, it doesn't sound too appetizing. But if Stanley Tucci is making me this, I'm going to drink it, you know? Uh, so they're about to take a sip, and Ina says, <laughs> Ina says, kiss me goodnight. And then Stanley says, for that, they'd have to shut the cameras off. And they laugh, and Ina says, oh, that's gorgeous. Yeah, that's gorgeous. And Stanley, I wrote that Stanley takes a bite, and he smiles so big as he's chewing. But what is that about? What are they chewing on? Are they eating? Oh, um, they took a bite of the oysters Rockefeller. I don't know where my head is. I guess I just didn't write down what they were eating. So, but it was, it's really cute. He he smiles so big and he's really enjoying it. So, um, and I, again, it, what's not to like about that oysters Rockefeller? It sounds delish. So from here, they step over to Ina's like, oh my gosh, this gorgeous table in her barn. And it's time for just, you know, they have their martinis and the oysters are on the table and this is like the point of the episode. I'm imagining every episode is like this where um, they just have this sort of like sit down and Ina asks, you know, a couple questions to get to know her guest. So Ina says, there are two types of people in this world. The first being, oh, it's eight o'clock and I forgot to eat breakfast and lunch. I guess it's time for dinner. And the second being at breakfast they're deciding what they'll eat for lunch and dinner and she's like and i'm assuming you're the second type bah, 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 bah. Um, i am of course the second type and i'm glad to um to know that stanley is also the second type i don't think i mean i never forget to eat but i've sometimes been so busy that i don't have time to eat if that makes sense but i'm always thinking about food i'm always thinking about you know, when I go to bed at night, I'm always thinking about coffee and maybe a little like yum yum to eat with my coffee in the morning, especially after Easter. Um, you know, it's still kind of Girl Scout cookie season, maybe like two or three Samoas. I have to I have to say, let's just stop for a minute and talk about Girl Scout cookies. It is kind of a crime that you only get like, what is it, like 15 Samoas. I feel like you should get at least 30. <laughs> I just feel like it's, I mean, I know it's all going to a good cause, but, um, and I feel like it's the same. I feel like the most bang for your buck is a thin mint, but they're thin. So it feels like you're getting a lot, but you know, there's definitely more cookies in there, but I, same with tagalongs too. I, I, I need, I need more Girl Scouts of America. Is that what they're called? Um, so if anyone can make that happen, let me know. I, I will say this too. I, they sell knockoffs of Girl Scout cookies at Aldi. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. They have the Tagalongs and they have Samoas. So it's, you know, I can get them all year round, but, and I don't know what the price point is at Aldi too, but um, I wonder what it is actually. Maybe we'll do a little uh, experiment and compare, but just had to say that for a second. So next they talk about Stanley's family. Um, they talk about uh, a ragu and just like, that was kind of, from what I'm remembering, I didn't write too much about this but much like I, I I feel like I had a family similar to this too like when you're growing up it's just like everything revolves around food and like all the conversation um, you know all the laughs and the jokes and like the good times the bad times they all happen in the kitchen you know what I mean I feel like it's such a central 
um, just spot for, you know, whether it's a holiday or just any sort of family dinner, too. So it's nice to to hear about this. It sounded like he had a really lovely childhood that that revolved around food. Um, and Ina asks him, do you only cook Italian? And Stanley jokes. He's like, it's what I'm best at. So I play it safe, um, which is a good answer. And Ina actually starts this conversation. She opens up about how, about how nervous she gets when she's hosting a dinner and that people always expect her to be, you know, fabulous. And there's a lot of pressure, which I do. I could, I mean, I, I see that kind of happening too. And I think there's, there's, you know, a little bit of, I, I guess the theory is like the reason why she goes lowbrow and highbrow too, is that it's, it kind of throws the guest off a little bit, but like in the best way, it sort of disarms them into thinking like, you know, like they're expecting filet mignon, but they get like, you know, uh, crab macaroni and cheese or something. Not craft, but crab or lobster mac and cheese, I guess, is probably the better example of that. Um, because I think that's the danger in being, I guess, like having this reputation for being fabulous and being effortless, too, is to to, to uphold that and to keep that going would be a lot. So, um not an easy task, Ina. So I feel for you there. Uh, they both agree that if they do cook and it doesn't quite work out, Ina interrupts. She's like, I'm miserable. And then they laugh. Um, and Stanley says, like, I go to bed at night and I question everything. And it's just like a really, I don't know, just like human moment, I guess, because there really is nothing worse, whether it's a holiday or you're bringing a dish to a picnic or some sort of dinner party. And it just turns into shit <laughs> you know what I mean it's just it didn't turn out the way you wanted the noodles cooked too much and they're a little bit gummy or something got burnt it really can derail how that evening or that day sort of unfolds for you so I I totally get that vibe um it, uh, Stanley talks more about his process in the kitchen and how he kind of like instinctively knows like when it's time to prepare certain ingredients it's sort of like this rhythm that he falls into and he talks about you know, when it's time to chop the peppers and uh, a whole bunch of other things. So I thought that was interesting. I feel like cooking just comes very naturally to some people. And I, I feel like Stanley, Stanley's one of them. And then it's time to bring up um, really something kind of serious. He brings up his, uh, his throat cancer. I guess there was a, he doesn't go too much into it, but he kind of talks about how, you know, he couldn't taste, he couldn't smell. He had to eat through uh a feeding tube for six months. I, I did not know this. I, I didn't know how serious it was. And I don't know how long ago it was, actually. If I was really to take a deep dive, I probably could provide that. But, you know, they didn't really go into it in the episode. Um, but I think he, and he even talks about when they started to ask him or when he was filming one of his TV shows, because I feel like he's had like one or two. In my mind, it's at least two, but maybe it is just one. How he... Um, Oh, wait, maybe this isn't the conversation. I, I, I'm reading my notes here. He he talks about the show and how he wanted people to know that Italy just isn't pizza and pasta. But I feel like there was some conversation that they had. And I, I think it was this conversation where even when he started to film the show, he couldn't really taste um, because I, I don't know if he was just getting out of like if he was in remission at that point or maybe just starting treatment for the throat cancer. Uh, and that was just a side effect. Again, that's devastating in so many ways but I'm glad that he pulled through and he seems to be doing better so glad to hear it Stanley so now Ina brings up the movie Big Night which I feel 
is a movie that not many people know about. That's just my sort of, because I had not heard about it. I feel like I used to work at Barnes and Noble and I had a manager that like loved it. And she was like, you have to watch it. It's Stanley Tucci, Tony Shalhoub. And it really is like an all-star cast. Uh, Caroline Aaron is in it. Colin, if you're listening, I know we're both excited about that. She was in Mrs. Maisel, if anyone knows Caroline. You've seen Caroline Aaron in everything um mini driver is in it isabella rossellini uh leave Shri- or liev leave schreiber i don't know um who else is in this alice and janney and i remember i watched it and i was just like okay i don't know if i love this but i'd be willing to go back because it takes place like in a restaurant and that's all i can remember like i, I maybe i was in a mood when i was watching it um but there's that so big night it came out in 1996 i believe so he worked i guess in like preparation for this movie he um he i guess he didn't like work in the kitchen this is stanley we're talking about um at la madri or yeah la madri yeah um under a uh, i guess like a, a like a world-renowned chef uh, gianni scapine don't know who that is but i'm sure he's a big deal um and he taught him he taught Stanley how to make uh, gnocchi and ricotta and frittata, etc. And he said it's it's some of the most interesting and brutal work being a professional, being in a professional kitchen, which I understand. I mean, I, I've not lived that life, but I can also, you know, I've seen the bear. I know how it works. OK, <laughs> I would never be able to do like like be a short order cook or anything like that. Like that just I was a waiter at Buffalo Wild Wings for three months and I was a big ball of stress. Can't do it. But hats off to anyone who can. So there's a commercial break. And after the break, they talk about his movie career. And Ina's like, you've played so many characters. It's crazy. And she brings up the movie Spotlight first, which I, that it was a Best Picture winner, which I've never seen, actually. Rachel McAdams was nominated for Best Supporting Actress Oscar in that, too, which should pique my interest more than it actually does. But I, I've not seen Spotlights. But I've heard, I, I've heard it was great. So, you know, it's it's on the the infinite list at this point of movies to watch. But of course, he, uh, Ina brings up Julie and Julia um, because, you know, that's, I mean, him and Meryl, it's just like anytime him and Meryl are together, it's just magic. So I guess Meryl asked him, the story goes, that Meryl asked Stanley at a Christmas party if uh, he wanted to play her husband. And he was like, uh, yeah. And they talked about Julia Child and Ina says, you know, she was so unique and so comfortable in herself. And um, Stanley goes on to talk about how it was great fun. Um, And it's interesting, the conversation about being a woman of that time, this is kind of tied to that um, Julia Child uh, sort of timeline, I guess. Ina opens up about when she got married, that it never really occurred to her that she was going to do anything with her life. And Jeffrey kind of said to her, like, you know, you ought to figure out what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And Ina, you know, kind of says, like, well, I thought I did. You know, I got married. That's that's what you do. But as we know, too, it's that Ina and um, I almost said Ina and Stanley, Ina and Jeffrey, they don't have kids. So it's just kind of like and, and she I think she talks about in this conversation how Jeffrey is so supportive of her. And she kind of um, and, and, you know, we all know she worked for uh, the White House, and then eventually started the Barefoot Contessa, or, you know, bought the, the specialty food store. But um, it's just an interesting conversation. Um, and after this, Stanley, he gets real for a moment, which I love. He tells Ina, he's like, well, you kind of did what Julia did. You make us 
you make us feel like we can do what you do and that there's no nonsense with it, which I think is like a perfectly succinct way to say it, too, because I've talked with so many of the guests that have been on this podcast, too, that she feels aspirational without but still within our reach of like the the kind of cooking she does and you know and baking and, and entertaining too it's it's just kind of like stanley said no nonsense and Ina she chimes in she's like i love when people stop me and tell uh tell me that they you know they taught me how to cook and that she never expected that too and like call me crazy but i feel like she almost gets a little bit choked up when she says that too so if, if folks if you watch this episode let me know if you caught on to that too or maybe it was just me wanting that moment you know so Ina then brings up what we've all been waiting for, of course, The Devil Wears Prada. So Stanley actually says that he was the last person cast and he only had a week to prepare, which is crazy to me. And that he said he spent more time in the costume fittings than he did on set and how he tells us that he didn't want his character to be like a caricature because, I, you know, he is kind of, you know, in a lesser uh, I was like a lesser written or like a like in a, in a poorly written version of the Devil Wars Prada. He could be that flamboyant sort of gay man that just flits around the office. But like Stanley said, he wanted him to be grounded. He wanted him to be honest. And I think a lesser actor, too, would have maybe went the opposite way, too. So I like that he I think in the movie, too, there's so much about him that just in ways people respect him just as much as Miranda which I love. Um, and I love that he, you know, he kind of gets, you know, the rug pulled out from underneath him and later in the movie. But at the same time, I, I feel like in my mind, at least in the fan fiction that I wrote for the Devil Wears Prada, that eventually she gives him, Miranda gives him, you know, what he's been looking for, I guess. Um, and then they talk about the movie Supernova, which I have not seen and I don't know why I haven't. And I think like this was a movie that came out that was really kind of intended to be like an Oscar contender, I guess. It's it's a movie with Colin Firth and Stanley and Stanley Tucci. And basically they play a same sex couple where one of them is in the early stages of um, dementia. Um, so and I can't remember who is or who isn't in this case, too. But he said it was one of the most rewarding experiences and one of his favorite films that he's ever done, which I, which maybe makes me want to watch it even more too. Um, like I said, I haven't seen it, but I, I, I love both of those men. And I feel like I, we talk about this on the best supporting actress uh, or as the best supporting podcast sometimes too, that there are certain men. I know these days too, it's like there's a big push for queer people to play queer people. And a lot of times when a straight male or female plays someone in the queer community it's like that instant oscar sort of buzz you know like uh sean plan sean plan sean penn playing uh harvey milk is a, is a good example of that too although it's a good performance like could someone else have done that i guess or even like rami malek playing freddie mercury in um bohemian rhapsody so but for some reason there are a few choice actors that really you know, myself being a gay man, I'm comfortable saying that, like, I don't mind it when I see Stanley and Colin because they just feel like, I don't know, you know, sexuality is a spectrum, but like, I just feel like it, it just feels right to me in a way is what I'm ultimately getting at. So maybe I'll see Supernova. I think it's time. Maybe I'll bump that up on the list because I kind of forgot about that movie because I think, I don't know if it didn't get good reviews or, you know, 
I don't know why it wasn't given that push for both of those actors because Colin Firth has an Oscar, but Stanley, he's only been nominated for The Lovely Bones, I think, for Best Supporting Actor, but we'd love to see Stanley win an Oscar one day, you know? Anyway, um, Ina asks him, what makes a great day for you, Stanley? And he goes, he thinks about it for a second, too, and he's like, Saturday morning, the kids wake up, the kids coming into the bedroom, farmer's market, some cooking, then maybe they'll do something with the kids, and then they have friends over for dinner, or not, maybe just a dinner, and that does sound lovely. Maybe minus the kids. <laughs> um, I'm team Ina and Jeffrey on this one, but... Um, I, I do love that. I have said so many times on this podcast, too, that like Saturday morning breakfast, either making it at home or going out, just kind of being out in the world, especially if it's like a beautiful summer day or like a fall day and then coming home and, you know, maybe getting into something or I don't know, reading or doing some sort of project around the house and, you know, maybe having another cup of coffee and maybe going out to dinner or having some friends over it really is the the simplest form of joy for me um so i i understand that stanley again minus the kids but sounds like a great day to me ina asks him uh if felicity his uh, wife cooks and he said that she does and she's very good at like classic english cooking like roasts and um she's also very good at baking and ina asks if felicity can teach jeffrey how to cook and then Stanley, without missing a beat, he says, yes, well, someone has to. And then they both, like, I know, really love that one. Um, so it, it was really cute. So that is the end of the sort of, like, Q&A of, of the episode, too. So now it's back to cooking. They're going to make kachuka, which is a fish stew. And, of course, Ina cannot resist making a sneezing joke here. She said, God bless you. And I feel like... Uh, I almost said Tony. I have Tony Shalhoub on my brain now. Stanley, of course, you know, he's a good sport about it. Uh, but this is the second course. Um, so now they're in the kitchen. Stanley has like a white apron on. He looks so dashing. And uh, starts with some olive oil and some chopped onions, which goes into a skillet. And then Ina chops up some garlic for him and puts that in as well. And Ina then asks Stanley if he wants a little white wine. I think she says specifically, do you think we need a little white wine? And I took it the same way Stanley did, that um, she was being suggestive and saying, I think you should probably put a little white wine in there too, like in the dish. And Stanley, I mean, he he he's a pro. He said, um, he's like, oh yeah, I could, you know, I'm going to do a little bit more olive oil, maybe a little bit of white wine. And then Ina realizes what she said. And she's like, no, I mean for us. And then Stanley's like, oh, and she gets some wine out of the fridge and uh, pours it into some stemless wine glasses. It's uh, the wine is called Gavi. She's like, it's a Gavi. And uh, I don't know what that means, but it sounds super fancy and looks delicious. So there's that. So I just wanted to take a second here because through the magic of podcasting, you'll never know this, but I started recording that episode on, fr or this episode on Friday, the day that Lucy had her surgery. And as I was recording that episode, I got a call that the surgery went well and she's recuperating nicely and it was time to pick her up in like a few hours and I had some work to wrap up as well. So I just kind of, it was like off to the races. We got Lucy, we brought her back. Um, it's been... I don't want to say a roller coaster because in all honesty, it's just me being an anxious dog dad 
who is constantly worried that something's wrong, even though nothing's wrong. And this is, you know, this is our first, not not just our first puppy, but also our first major surgery for her. So it's been uh, a little chaotic and just really me underestimating how dramatic a dog can be sometimes because she was kind of stuck in her crate so to speak because we couldn't get her out because every time we touched her leg this is on day I guess if you want to say like day one the surgery was on Friday this was yesterday all day Saturday we we got her out and she you know we took her out to the backyard and she's kind of just hobbling around and we have to do physical therapy a couple times a day with her as well so we were trying to do that and she was just not having it so it was it was, it's just, you know, it's really sad seeing your baby so vulnerable and in pain too. So we, we did get her out of the crate eventually and we're back on the physical. I think she just got really scared of what we were going to do to her. Um, but once, you know, once she got out of her crate and um, we have like a little bed next to the crate and she just sprawled out there and we did some physical therapy and she like fell asleep during it. I'm like, see, this isn't so bad. So you need to cool it the drama. Um, but it's a long road ahead. I feel like even today she's a little bit more alert. We have obviously like some uh, sedatives and painkillers and stuff like that. So that helps us manage her a little bit better. Uh, so it's been, it's been a roller coaster, but it is now Sunday that I'm finishing this episode. And I just wanted to let everyone know, just in case you all were wondering, everything went really well with the surgery. We're just, you know, kind of knee deep in the recovery period and they always say the first you know the first week especially even the first couple days are just a little chaotic so we are finding our way through it uh keon has been my rock the entire time he is the jeffrey to my nervous ina um he's been great and we've had a lot of friends help out too and everyone's been checking up on her so just wanted to give you all an update uh, before we dig back into this episode, I don't even know where we are in this episode. Let me let me see where I am in my notes here. Oh yes, the Gavi. So the wine is poured. Stanley adds a little bit of wine into the skillet, and I wonder, like, would he have not put the the wine in if Ina didn't suggest it? You know what I mean? We'll never know. But uh, Ina passes. It's time for some cherry tomatoes, which I think are just cut in half. Um, like long ways, I feel. And Ina passes Stanley some of the tomatoes and says, Doctor, now I'm the nurse. I mean, one of Ina's oldest bits, if if you know the Barefoot Contessa uh, universe here. And she throws her head back and just, you know, she can't get enough of it. She probably is feeling pretty good. I mean, she's she's buzzed off this Gavi wine. She's in the kitchen with Stanley Tucci. She's just really living her best life. And I'm I'm jealous. So after the break, the tomatoes uh, seem to be cooked down and it's time for some basil and some salt. And Stanley says to just, you know, just rip the basil. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. But they do get into this conversation about the ways to like cut up basil. And Ina says, Ina talks about a chiffonade. And she's like, a chiffonade sounds like something that you sit on. And this is really funny because Stanley says, I'm not touching that with a 10 foot pole, even if I had one. So Stanley went, you know, the super sort of uh, inappropriate, provocative route there. But I think I know was kind of saying like maybe some sort of like, I don't, I don't know, some sort of like poofy uh, like footrest or something like that or like a couch, you know. Um, what's that one couch called? Oh, my gosh. Dev- Devin. Debonair. What am I trying to think of? Let me look it up because this is going to drive me crazy. 
Okay, I was way off. I was thinking of a Chesterfield. I was like, is it debonair? Um, but it, it just was really funny because Ina loved that Stanley said that. And, you know, like I said earlier in the episode, too, that Stanley is just, you know, he's ready to, to volley back with anything, with whatever Ina throws him, which I just think is so cute. So now it's time for some saffron, the most expensive herb, herb, spice. I think, oh my gosh, is it a spice? I'm not going to look it up, folks. We all know what saffron is. It's the stamens of crocuses because Ina taught me that. Um, But Ina puts like, she, they're basically putting it in like some fish stock and Ina's like pinch of saffron was a little too hefty for Stanley's taste. So he's like, "Why why don't we go with a little less? And Ina goes like too less. And then he's like, why don't we add a little bit more? He's like, I don't even know why I'm telling you this. You know what you're doing. And Ina's like, well, it is your fish stew. Bop, 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 bop. Um, and that's kind of that bit. Uh, and then Ina asks Stanley what his favorite comfort food is. And I love this answer. He thinks about it for a second and he's like peanut butter and honey and banana sandwiches. And that sounds delish. That sounds really good. I love a peanut butter sandwich. I really never, I mean, I've had a fluffer nutter as they say. And if you don't know what a fluffer nutter is, folks, I feel like everyone does, but just in case it's peanut butter and then like marshmallow fluff on bread. Um, that sounds delicious in its own right. I would put like some chocolate chips on it. Honestly, I put some bananas and chocolate chips on it. Go, go the full, go all the way in. That's what I always say. But I think that's, and then he said, or pasta. And then he, he said it like very Italian pasta marinara. Um, I think any type of pasta is a good choice. I don't know what my comfort food is. Honestly, let me think about this. If I'm thinking of like the family route and like what makes me feel the most nostalgic is probably like stuffed cabbage. Like my grandma's stuffed cabbage is uh, my grandma Kachanov. Not that my grandma Malin doesn't make good stuffed cabbage either, but there's something, you know, it's just specific in my brain. Or my grandma's halushki, which is basically, I feel like it's some sort of peasant dish. Um, It's basically like egg noodles. Like you start out with like a lot of butter and then you put uh, cabbage and some onions in there. And then you kind of like get that nice and translucent and then just add some egg noodles and it's so good. And, you know, some salt, obviously. But I I don't know why or how my grandma made it so good. It's probably because she used so much butter and it, it just, oh God, I miss it so much. And my dad makes it and it is really good. But there, I don't know what that secret ingredient is that like it just, it, it'll never taste like my grandma's, but probably just butter, right? Anyway, back to this dish here. Uh, the clams and mussels are now ready to go into the tomatoes and fish stock. Uh, The fish stock was added to the tomatoes, by the way. So Stanley needs a lid, but Ina doesn't have a lid big enough, actually. And I wonder if Stanley brought his own, like, cookware, which is interesting. So they use aluminum foil. I bet Ina was mortified that she didn't have a lid that big. But it it seemed like a very big skillet. So, you know, they, they roll with it. So Ina asks Stanley about cooking disasters. And Stanley says that he recalls making a timpano for his aunt, uncle, mom, and dad one time, and it fell apart. So I had to Google what that was because I was like, what's a timpano? So it's basically, I I don't know what sort of dish it's made in, but it's almost like, I feel like it's one of those things where you just put everything, anything you have in the kitchen. There might be specific things for a timpano, but it almost felt like a deconstructed pizza. That's probably a terrible explanation of it, but there is like an outer crust on it that I think it it seems like one of those dishes that you like flip upside down. So the crust is like on top and then all the like, 
the you know components are on the inside but it, it if not cooked the right way i could see it like just kind of falling apart which it feels like that's what stanley was implying when he made it for his family so i'm trying to think if i have any big cooking disasters i definitely have but i none come to mind so by this time the mussels and the clams are opened and now it's time for some shrimp Ina, of course, hands him the shrimp and says, doctor, she's really pushing the doctor bit today. And I, uh, you know, Stanley chuckles, but I think she was wanting him to like really get in there. And like all, all he needed to say was just like, thank you, nurse. And then Ina would have just like floated away. She would have been so happy. But, you know, he, he just smiles and says, thank you so much. Um, so they cover the shrimp uh, with the foil and, you know, it kind of does this thing. And Stanley has this beautiful moment with Ina where he asks for the cameras to keep rolling and he states again that he really can't believe that he's here. And he just feels so honored and a little bit overwhelmed. And Ina jumps in. Of course, Ina is the type to sort of squash any like real sentimental moment with a little bit of comedy, which, you know, I do too. Um, and so Ina says, are you a little verklempt? And they sort of, and they, he's like, I might be. And they just like, they do like a half embrace, a little bit of a side hug, but it's really cute. I wish... Ina would have just said, you know, she said she does say thank you. It's not like she just interrupted and be like, and she wasn't like, why are you crying? But I just thought that was really cute. So after the commercial break, Stanley takes the shrimp out and Stanley asks Ina to drain the pasta and reserve a little bit of pasta water. And Ina says, "Uh oh, and then because I think she was just going to just drain the pasta into uh, a colander and she didn't really have anything prepared. So she grabs a Pyrex real quick. And fills it with pasta water. And Stanley, while she does that, Stanley says, Ina, what am I going to do with you? And it's so cute. I just, ugh, so in love with him. Um, so Stanley pours in some uh, pasta water. He, Oh, no, sorry. I'm reading all my notes weird here. Stanley pours some pasta water back into the huge skillet of that heavenly seafood. It looks so delicious at this point. And after that, the spaghetti goes in and Stanley splashes a good bit of sauce on the stove. Actually, he like, he was giving it a stir and Stanley, he just felt, I I felt like he was genuinely like, uh, he felt bad. He's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And Ina says, "Ugh, you should see the messes that I make. It takes a week to clean up after me. Hmm. And it was just really a cute little moment there. But I do feel like this is one of those pastas where it's it's like there's all these beautiful things like surrounding the pasta, like, you know, the the shrimp and the mussels and the clams and, you know, the tomatoes and everything. But it doesn't like stick to the noodles. It's more it's not necessarily like an oily pasta, but it's one of those things where all the good bits like sink to the bottom, if that makes sense. Um, But I don't know why I'm saying that out loud, but sometimes it is a little bit of a. I don't love that, but I guess it's like when they played it, though, it um, it looks really good. So that's that's where we are right now. Anyway, so Ina hands Stanley some tongs and while, he, while she chops up some fresh parsley and Stanley says, oh, that's gorgeous. And Ina says, you hear that? He says, my parsley's gorgeous. <laughs> she like smiles at the camera. She's having a great time. Uh, so Stanley gets some bowls from behind Ina and uh as she's as stanley's like getting the bowls to plate it she like ina sort of like mugs to the camera she's like i can't wait to taste this and she's like wow it's really funny um so he puts the pasta in the bowl you know really kind of everything in the bowl and the way that he plates it kind of works you know he stacks the clams and the mussels on top 
Um, and of course, lay, uh, put some shrimp on top of there and sprinkle some parsley. And I think they put a little bit more olive oil on top too, because why not? Uh, they take a bite. Ina loves it. And you could tell Stanley, oh, it's so cute. He's like trying to play it cool. But you, you can tell, like, uh, of course, anyone would feel this way, that he really wants Ina to love it and to genuinely love it, not just to be like, that's great, you know. Um, but of course she does. Who wouldn't love this? So Ina asks Stanley if he's happy. And he's like, um, yes, I cooked with and for you. I'm absolutely flummoxed, uh, which is a great choice of words there, Stanley. So now, I think this is, they're done cooking. So Ina says, it's time to go to the beach, which I just loved. So Ina is wearing the most adorable hat I've ever seen. And I know that sounds like slightly patronizing to say, like, she looks like, it. I don't know what about it. Like, it's just like, I know Ina's obviously like the age of like being a grandmother, but it just like, it just suits her so well. It's like, it's like not overly obnoxious. It's not big. It's like the perfect size straw hat with like a navy brim and like a navy ribbon around the like the middle part. It, she looks so cute. And they're just both driving down the street with the top down. Can you imagine if like if you lived in East Hampton and you see Ina Garten and Stanley Tucci driving by you? I'd have a heart attack. I just like it's the most East Hampton thing to ever happen. And I just I hope someone saw them driving and just was able to experience that because it's just so funny to me. Um, it's the perfect sighting. So I think in the car still, they're talking about kitchens and his old house. I think he sold his house once his wife passed, but you know, they're talking about like a big kitchen Island and how important that was to him. And finally they get to the beach and Ina brags about her good parking karma, which I think I mean, honestly, I used to think I had good parking uh, karma. You know, you sort of like visualize the spot and then it, op you know, the universe provides. But I feel like over the years I've got pretty, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. So I don't know what I did. Uh, uh, that karmic injustice is just, it's really getting me with the parking. But they find a spot right up against the, I don't know if it's a boardwalk, but just, you know, the sidewalk there. And Stanley sits on a bench while Ina orders them a couple of cold brews. At this point, I'm just like offended at how perfect this day is because I love a cold brew. I think any gay man does and human does really, but unless you don't like coffee, but I just, it, this moment is too perfect. And I'm just furious that like, and Ina bought it for him, which I thought was really cute. And she goes up to this like little stand and she's like, can I have two of your gorgeous cold brews? <laughs> and then she's like, one with milk. Um, I never do milk in my coffee. I always do half and half. I go I go full half and half. Because um, I don't know. I've done like, I used to do like the flavored creamers like way back in the day. I was a hazelnut fan, fanatic is what I was going to say. Um, but now I just do half and half. Um, I'll drink it black if I have to. Um, but I feel like it cuts the acidity down a little bit. So I just love that she called them two of your gorgeous cold brews. Ugh. I wish she would have said like, it's, I, if it were me, I'd be like, one's for me and one's for Stanley Tucci. He's sitting on the pier right over there. I would have like shut down the coffee stand and delivered it to him myself. So we cut back to Stanley. And again, there's this, this beautiful moment of him just sitting alone on the bench. And he's just like, you know, he's sort of like, 
in my mind, or at least when I remember, he was like sort of looking over his shoulder and just like sitting with his arm on, up on the bench. And he, he says, I'm so, so excited to be here with Ina Garten. She's made everyone's, everybody's lives a lot happier, including mine. I have a lot of friends who are very jealous that I'm here. I'm jealous that I'm here. <sighs> I can't get over this episode, folks. I know that I just keep going on and on about it. But uh, so Ina gets back. Uh, she comes back to the bench, cold brews in hand. I don't know who got milk and who didn't. I feel like Ina did and Stanley didn't. Um, so anyway, Ina decides it's time for a pop quiz. Just a couple of rapid fire questions. So she says, what's the movie you've seen the most? And uh, Stanley says, Animal Crackers, which is a Marx Brothers movie. Um, I've never seen it. I feel like I've heard of it, um, but I don't know it. And I think if I was to answer that question, it would... Oh my gosh, I'm trying to think here. I actually think it would prob probably be a tie. I think it's going to be Clue, to be honest. Like when I discovered that movie when I was like 11 or 12, I like heaven opened up. I just really like my whole life was changed. Like there was life before seeing the movie Clue and afterwards. So if if you're a fan of that movie, I'll talk about, about Clue anytime. And if you want to listen to one of our uh, episodes on the best supporting podcast with Colin and I talking about it. Oh gosh, that was such a great episode. So go over, go over and listen to the best supporting podcast folks. We got a lot of good stuff over there, but if you're a clue fan, definitely find our clue episode because that's one of our, my, one of my proudest achievements on that podcast. So the next question Ina asks is what is the worst job you've ever had? And Stanley says after his freshman year of college, he cleaned outhouses in a summer camp. Woof. That sounds terrible. Outhouses. Yikes. I mean, I guess it was a different time. But um, my worst job was probably working at KFC. I worked there for like a month when I was in high school, and I saw things that I never want to talk about again. But I do love KFC, actually. I will say this. I know I'm all over the place right now, but um, just to go on a little brief tangent, I know Chick-fil-A is Chick-fil-A, and we try not to go there. But if you're looking for a Chick-fil-A uh, Chick substitute, go to KFC and get their chicken sandwich. I think I got like a spicy chicken sandwich. Oh God, it was probably like five months ago at this point too. But it is very comparable to a Chick-fil-A sandwich. So uh, yeah, but I, and what I mean when I say I saw things I didn't want to see, it's basically at the end of the day, like I remember my first shift at KFC, we had to like clean out the sink. And like at the end of the day, you just have to like, one person has to like put their entire arm like even past their elbow because they're all like the bits of like food or chicken or whatever it is is like clogging the drain a little bit so you have to like reach down Ugh. i hated it um and i felt bad because my friend kim uh in high school she like got me the job and then i quit like a month later and she got mad at me and i was like sorry can't do it um so it's not cleaning out houses but it was gross anyway uh, the best job that Stanley ever had is the Devil Wears Prada, and I think that's the most appropriate and perfect answer. If he said anything else, I would I would have been fine with it, but I'm glad he said that. And he said, "What is the?" Or Ina said, "What's the best present that you've ever had?" And Ina, <laughs> Ina, Stanley says it was a watch with the initials of his firstborn children. So I don't know if that's child or children. I don't know if they're twins. I'm not sure. Um, which is very cute. So then last question Ina asks is, if you could come back as anything at all, human or otherwise, what would it be? 
And it's funny. He said, I would come back as a version of myself that looks like Cary Grant. And Ina laughs. And he said, Stanley said he'd, he'd like to come back as someone much more relaxed as me and, and someone taller, too. And it's funny because I feel like every bald man would probably want to come back as someone with hair. But I think that's just applied because Cary Grant had great hair. Um, so that I thought that was a cute little way to end that question and answer session. And... Oh, folks, I can't believe we're wrapping it up. But Ina finally says to Stanley, please don't leave. And Stanley says, I don't want to leave, but I got those kids. And Ina laughs. And he's like, he says, I think like they kind of overlap each other saying it. He's like, those Stanley says, those damn kids. And Ina like takes a one more level. And she's like, those annoying kids. And it made me laugh so hard. I And I, because I, I think she was just trying to, like cosign that sentiment but it just it's it sounded like she actually met his kids and like did not like them and was like oh those annoying kids is more like it it made me laugh super hard and they clink their iced coffees together and just stare off into the sea and um i just want like a picture of that framed on my wall like in my podcast studio here because it just was bliss so that's not the end of the episode, though. We end with a final sort of like recap in the car with Stanley. And again, he just kind of goes on to say that he feels very fortunate to have had the opportunity to spend the day with Ina. And we flash back to Ina, who is putting away her martini glasses from earlier, all cleaned. And she said, He's, Stanley's just amazing. And he made me my first martini. Why do I think it's the first of many to come? Hmm. And then she closes the cover and says... What a great day. <laughs> uh, I, I too, do not want this episode to end. I, I love Stanley Tucci. I love Ina. I just think this is the perfect pair. Um, and I think I'm going to release this episode today on Sunday, folks. So, uh, Trina, if you're listening, happy Sunday. I hope this comes out in time for you uh, to enjoy a cup of coffee or maybe a glass of wine later this evening. But... Uh, thanks again for listening, everyone. Uh, I'll see you next week. I don't know what episode I'm going to do, but I, I do like the idea of sprinkling in these these longer episodes every once in a while, too, because there's some really great guests. I would love to do Nathan Lane, to be honest. I feel like he would be a hoot, you know? I feel like they would just be laughing the whole time. But until then, thank you, everyone, for listening. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can follow it on Instagram at Pod. And you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com. Also, I made a group for The Good Vanilla on Facebook. Very easy to find. Just search The Good Vanilla. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. Or just tell another Barefoot Contessa fanatic. That also works, too. And if you want to know where you can get more of me, you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kachanov. And I just launched this website. I have yet to post it on my Facebook. Um, it's still kind of all coming together, but my website is officially up. I am starting, I shouldn't say starting because I've been doing it for a couple years now, but I'm really trying to really take the next step into my voiceover career. So I, uh, I shouldn't say I, Keon and myself, but mostly Keon, created a beautiful website for me for my voiceover work. Uh, so if anyone is looking for voiceover, if you work for a company that's looking for voiceover or just need any kind of voiceover work for me to do, go over to nkvoiceover.com. NK stands for Nick Kachanov, of course. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to plug that real quick. 
And last but not least, you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.